Good evening. You are listening to a Rad Legend Broadcasting premiere podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host. That's me. The mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our favorite show is The Wire, Season 2. As we grab hands and asses and skip merrily through the periwinkles from the corner to the deuce. We are surveying, exploring, dissecting the great works of David Simon. And that has brought us here to you tonight. I am, of course, joined by my hetero life mate and brother from another mother, Juicy J himself, the bratty one, Dick Tittens, otherwise known <laughs> to you as Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? Doing great, sir. Can't wait to talk about The Wire Season 2, man. We're we're getting into it now. Yes, sir. The second season of The Wire was 12 episodes, and it first aired in the United States on HBO. In 2003, from June 1st, the day before my birthday, to August 24th, it introduces the stevedores of the Port of Baltimore and an international organized crime operation led by a finger known only as the Greek, and continues the story with the drug-dealing Barksdale crew and the Baltimore Police Department who featured in season one. While continuing the series' central themes of dysfunctional institutions and societal effects of the drug trade, the second season also explores the decline of the American working class. Yes, Jesse. The loss of the American dream. Mm. We used to make shit in this country. Now we just stick our hands <laughs> in other people's pockets. That's right. And the, hard, and the hardship its members endure during the transition from an industrial to post-industrial society. You know, I wrote about that. And I actually Did used you? that. Yeah, I, I wrote about this. I wrote about um, the... Uh, I took that line, we used to make shit in this country. Uh, for when, when 401 Mania had a politics page. Mm-hmm. My dad and I... Uh, would co-author some pieces like we would sit down and we would do some research we would grab data and I challenge the notion that Frank Sabatka posits in the show and that is the loss of manufacturing jobs leading to the death of the American uh, working class and what I was specifically dealing with was the notion that NAFTA and then later GATT um, sending manufacturing jobs to India, China, Mexico, etc., um, caused the you know the loss of jobs, which then caused the collapse of the working class and all of that. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I did, did sort of a like, uh, freakonomics kind of a thing where we found that manufacturing has gone up in the United States. You know what went okay. down? The amount of Tell jobs me. for manufacturing that needed to be done by people. Robots. 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 Yeah, buddy. Machines, robots, mechanization. It's not that we're making less stuff in the country in this country, as I would find out, and I would talk about in the article that I wrote. It was that they didn't need as many people to, to man it. yeah, to make it anymore. Right. A lot of the stuff was being automated. 
this actually came up um, in a story I had heard about Ford motor cars where, you know, Ford was like showing his showing, I think, Germans his auto plant. And he was like, oh, we have the machine that does this and we have the machine that does this. And the Germans finally asked, OK, well, how many of these machines are going to buy cars? Right. So, um, therein lies the pickle. And that is what season two of The Wire deals with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're looking at a struggling family mm -hmm. that when you look at Frank specifically, you know, we're, we definitely change our setting. You know, we're mm -hmm. not in the pit all the time here during this right. season. We're hanging out with Frank. We're not even really dealing with the Barksdale organization as such. Hard, like they, yeah, hardly at all. Yeah, like they're we're kind of dealing with the fallout from D'Angelo going to prison and then Avon going to prison and what all, you know, and then, you know, Stringer having to kind of hold things together with, uh, with poor quality drugs. Right. But that's a, that's like a C story. In, right. In this. Yeah. I mean, it's related in somewhat because proposition Joe is using mm -hmm. uh, some of the drugs from the Greek, but I mean, that's definitely not the focus this time. We are focusing on this family who is trying to the Sabakas who are, pretty much run afoul this all starts because frank pissed off valchek <laughs> by getting the window in the church and really <clears throat> i thought about this as i was watching this season you know mm -hmm. frank who is he's a he's an honest working man except for the fact that he's bringing in some you know he's kind of letting some things slide we'll say in yeah, order he's to not bringing it in back. he's allowing it to happen so yeah i'll right. set this up so the organization the criminal organization run by the greek is paying frank to lao cans um car cargo containers filled with drugs chemicals and women to pass through the port um for pickup by one of their by sergey not not Boris. Not Boris. <laughs> not Boris. Sergey. We picked Why up by Sergey to be yeah to be either <laughs> brought to a warehouse for fencing or not like sword fencing like giving you know <laughs> dealing in stolen property fencing right or you know to the strip clubs and um, uh, rings of prostitution for the women or to prop Joe or whoever for the drugs and so what they do is they you know they are they pay Frank. They give him the number. He gets Horseface to do it up, to do it up for him, and then Horseface gets the can to Sergey. Sergey takes it off the port, and this is all running smoothly until uh, one fine day. They there's an issue with a can full of uh, women prostitutes from the Russian part of the world, I believe, and one of them gets thrown overboard when she fights back. Um, when she you know when one of the sailormen it's a little handsy. She gets killed and thrown overboard. And then to keep the other women from talking about it, uh, they are all suffocated and killed in the can. That can is then lost on, uh, lost in the port, in the stacks, as they say. And that can is then found by Port Authority Police Officer Beatty. Right. And so they find like, what was it, like a dozen dead girls? And so 14. now they have this, <clears throat> there's a total of 14 because it's 14 <clears throat> homicides that lands on the plate of right. Rawls uh, or uh, yeah, indirectly. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's so, all because of McNulty's doing mm -hmm. <laughs> on purpose. He stiffs them with them. But go ahead. Right. So we have the issue of we have 14 dead girls. Right. 
got the floater that McNulty finds, and McNulty, as we last saw in season one, was uh, sent off to the Harbor Patrol. He's, he's riding the boat, which is where he did not want to go. He did but not want to go. These are for you, yeah. McNulty. These are for you. <laughs> right in your eye. Um, and so he's off on the boat, and he's the one that finds the floater. And while they are able to sell that the, that the floater went in the water on like Balmer County side, oh, using man, using does he tides, do some work? Yeah, does he, he, he do was, some work to get this one, man? <laughs> Yeah, he he's like uh, sea tides and all this other stuff, and then he's able to prove that the body went in the water on the on the city side. Right, <laughs> Rawls really throws his desk out the window. Um, <laughs> so, but as you were saying, because the Greek is paying Frank to get the cans off the off the port, um, they are they are using that money to lobby. I think it's Annapolis to uh, dredge the canal. Dredge the canal, yeah. Yeah, and then do something else with the port so they can allow more ships in. More ships is more work. More work uh, is better for everyone else. But there's a lot uh, of lobbying that... Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, a lot of it to kind of also shine a little bit more of a light on Frank. Frank mm -hmm. is allowing this to ha to happen. But, you know, when he finds out that there's these girls that are involved... Mm -hmm. Clearly, he's worried about himself, but he also I think there's a sense of like he doesn't want that kind of well, business going on. Vaughn says to him, like, you never wanted to know before. Now you want to know. And then he kind of right. like like makes fun of him for it. He's like guns, bombs, whores. Right. What difference does it make? Right. Like, you know, and, and Frank's like, when I, I didn't want to know because I because I just needed the money. I don't really want to be involved in all of this. On the other hand, yeah, it's not like if something's living in there. I don't want more right. dead people. Like, like Frank is not amoral necessarily. He's desperate. Yeah, it's not like he's taking this money and just you know piling in and living lavishly. He's taking right. this money, just like you said, to to help actually his union, right? Uh, in in order to bring more jobs in there and help his union thrive. Uh, and trying to get obviously with the union, you got politics you got to worry about with politics comes the money and so mm. that's where he was devoting most of this cash to uh is to just try and keep <clears throat> people afloat that right. he felt very responsible yeah. for he's trying to save his union mm -hmm. he's he's trying to save his union um he's trying to save the lives of his family you know that are invested in being uh stevedores and work is drying up. There's not as many boats anymore. And this is this is what goes to the whole like manufacturing thing. Um, you know, they're not. There used to be a place in this country for people with low to no education to be able to find jobs that would be able to support their families. Right, right. The world changed. Technology prevailed. You now have to have an education of some kind, whether it's trade or, you know, traditional. And you have to go out and seek work to, you know, and it's harder and harder. <clears throat> it's harder and harder for the, you know, average person to have the resources and get the jobs to support the families. And it's not like anyone was telling them that this was happening. It just sort of happens over time. And so, you, you, you know, people go through life thinking what is what is now is forever. Right. And the unions and manufacturing jobs and day labor and all that other stuff will be around forever. We'll always have these yeah. things. People, you know, 
when I, I drove a truck briefly, I drove an 18 wheeler um, in between Ooh. social work gigs for a very brief period of time, like only a few months. And I remember like the sales pitch was people are always going to need stuff. People are always going to need stuff. And there's no way to get the cargo from one place to another without trucks. Mm -hmm. Of course, now we have robot controlled trucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I want so I wanted to, so let's, that's the setup here is essentially we have the murder investigation of the 14 prostitutes. Um, and then this is the point that I was getting to, and then we can kind of kick the ball around. Frank is hoarding all of this money that he's getting from the Greek so that he can use it to lobby and get stuff done on the port to create more jobs. However, mm -hmm. he takes a little bit. He lets himself go a little bit. It's, he does it twice in the season. One time it's to buy a truck. And that's, again, that's Vaughn just like, do something nice with the money for once. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just sitting on all this cash that we're giving you. Go go buy something that you really like. And he buys a truck. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have it very long, but he does buy one. But the other thing he does at the very beginning of the season, and this is, this is what you were talking about, is he buys a place for a window, a stained glass window of, like, stevedores. And that's the window that Valchak wants. Oh, and yeah. Know, and Valchak is one of the majors. He's Prezbaluski's father-in-law. Um, and he got a whole bunch of stained glass windows and he wanted them like all over the church and he wanted the main window and he, Frank had already gotten to it. And he's like, how, how did he pay for this window with what these people don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Right. And so right. for a and shit, a person as Valchek is, he's like, there's no way there has to be a reason they have all this extra dough. And it's so funny. And this is, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick this ball to you to answer and then we can go wherever. Had Frank not had just a little bit of vanity, just that little bit of vanity, that vanity that we all have, you know, just a, a, just, just a little attention, a, no big deal, it's just a window, it's just a window. Had he not done that, had he stayed the course and just used the money for lobbying, none of this would right. have happened. If Woody had gone to the police, this would have never have happened. Right. I mean, yeah, we, we watch this war that Valchek, uh, rages against <laughs> yeah. yeah against frank and it kind of i mean they're both getting at each other we got mm -hmm. the stained glass thing and then immediately like okay valchek's like what's going on put a detail together and mm -hmm. frank's a botka. i wanted all the dirt and i want this guy hauled in mm -hmm. uh and then because he's <laughs> the one in them, the corner <laughs> i love that line <laughs> <laughs> when he goes to check on him later and he's right like, what the hell <laughs> oh, yeah like they, they all they sit there and go through like 10 minutes of what they've mm -hmm. got and not one time did did uh frank's name come up <laughs> right. uh, and he was so pissed so mm -hmm. pissed but then of course you got frank who's egging it on when they mm -hmm. well i should say i think it's Horseface that goes and does it i don't know frank's got to be aware of what's going on but anyway Horseface steals the detail van from the he steals uh, a surveillance van surveillance van and they throw that into a can and send it all around uh <laughs> the world basically i think it right. ends up finally in australia so mm -hmm. these two guys are going at it but yeah because of that one thing that one right. that, just like you said that bit of vanity it it snowballed into this target on his back um granted i don't know where we would be because of we still end up with the 14 murders that ha or I should say the 14, you know, the 14 uh, bodies that end up on, let, but let me, let me stop you there because one of my, this has become like my favorite season of the five, I think. 
Really? I think okay. it, it's season three, then season two, then season one, okay. then season five, then season four. Um, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, season four is like my least favorite season. But the reason, but I used to not like this season very much at all because this starts off really, really slow. Their investigation goes nowhere in circles for like four or five episodes. Right. And it doesn't really start to have any cohesion. And there's a lot of like rinse and repeat. So, so Daniels is in the basement. He's in evidence control. And he's trying to get out of the basement. And so Valchak through Presbaluski is like, you want a detail? Daniels is your man. That, that's, that's your lieutenant. They'll put a team together. We'll solve this case for you. Okay? This is separate from the murders. The murders are strictly in homicide. And so you have Bunk and Lester who are teamed up with Beatty. And they're tasked with solving the murder of the dead 14 uh, prostitutes. Mm-hmm. And you have Daniels, who's tasked with, why does Frank Sabatka have so much money? Where, where do you get it from? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. And they are both hunting the same target unknowingly. Right. And so right. a lot of this season is, one, Daniel's like, I want to keep, I want to make the case that's there to make so that I can get out from the basement and I can have a major case squad assigned to me. I want to yeah. keep this crew together of Kima and Herc and Carver and whoever else they had. And I want, I want to keep us together as a major case unit. And then you have the homicide unit that's like running in circles, can't get any evidence together to figure out who killed the girls and there's a lot of daniels do x no i would this is the point that i'm getting to no i want to i if i take the dead girls and i don't solve it i look like crap and i don't get my major case unit right uh, you know he had there's a lot of like give and take with him and his wife marla about i'm playing the game for myself this time Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like the homicide unit going, these are your murders. These are the same people. It's the same case. Bunk makes that case. Lester makes that case. Rawls, yeah. such son of a bitch that he is, makes that case. And Daniels is like, la, la, la. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I was told bring in a stevedore, not a whole murder. Invest-. You know, it's like it takes fucking forever to get yeah. to a place where things start to move. And like I said, it's four or five episodes in before they finally fold the murders into like first it's just you can just set up here and we can share information, but I'm not folding your murders into my into my case against Sabatka. And then they're like, mm-hmm. it's the same case, you asshole. This like, over and over and over again. To the point where like I get impatient with it. But the point that I'm really getting to is the series, the season doesn't really start to move until they start sharing evidence together and really it's it's not until they clone the computer when they clone the so oh, yeah there's they're they're going nowhere fast and bunk has a conversation with bd about you're only as good as your ci is there anyone down there that you can talk to bd used to date maui and can we just talk about this for a second how <laughs> how manipulative fucking bd was oh because think about that that's her, that was that's rough, her. man. I mean, he he was totally like <laughs> ready for her interest. to come in, sit down and have a beer. And and she's like, I mean, I'll give it I'll give her enough credit to be open and honest and be like, well, let's go meet and have a coffee. And then he knew at that point, oh, OK, well, this is more along the lines of boy. It's not like women use men at all. Hmm. 
Hmm. I mean, it's hmm. not like women would fake interest in a guy to get something out of him. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a problem with that. <laughs> that is a grasshopper. That does not look like a cricket, <laughs> by the way. That's your fucking takeaway from my <laughs> budding sarcasm? Yeah, that is a, unless that's a green cricket, which I've never seen. It could be some, but I've never seen a green cricket in my life. It says cricket sound effects, no copyright. Yeah, well, okay, sure. It does sound like a cricket, but that ain't a picture of a cricket, man. That what looks wonderful. like a grasshopper. This will be the this will be the fucking TikTok clip. Us arguing <laughs> over because that's because you know. Speaking of women who use people, I'm my wife right now. Um, she uh, take my wife, please. <laughs> she actually argued that with, I think it was like on the the Downton Abbey show where she was, or it was either that or or Fifty Shades where she was like, "That's not really a cricket, though." And I'm like, "Oh my god, people! That's what I found on YouTube. Leave me alone." The great green bush cricket. So apparently it does. There you go. There is All such a thing. Suck so. it. <laughs> suck it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. Beady. Beady. Back to Beady. Yes. Um, she started out of shift, but now, the, now she got game. Uh, as you say, towards the end. Anyway, she totally uses Maui. And Maui, being sweet on her still. Oh, yeah. But also of guilty conscience. Let's not completely throw this at the feet of Beady. He wants a degree of justice for the girls in the can. True. He he knows something is rotten in the state of Denmark. And and so it's half beady and half his own conscience. And he tells her all the information you're looking for is in the computer. And it's when they clone the computer and they're able to figure out the pattern that whenever horse face is working, that's and it's the Atlantic light. That's when you know they're bringing in of a contraband. Yeah. And that's when the investigation really starts to take off. That, you know, well, all this time, like, they're also doing, like, hand-to-hand, but they even say in, in, in the, um, in one of the episodes, Kima and all them, they're like, we're doing it, we're buying a lot of drugs, but we're not getting off the street, really. We're not really getting yeah. to anyone. We're not, we're, fi- we're not finding any lieutenants. I think without the wiretap and without the clone computer, they never get further up than, like, White Mike. Who has the funniest line in this? He has the Weebay line in this season. And I can I tell you how many times I've said this? Let me get two hot dogs and a strawberry soda. Does it have to be strawberry? Hook a brother up. White. Uh, yeah, and McNulty's like, I'll fuck the order up. It's like three things, McNulty. <laughs> For fuck's sake, man. No, he has to tell uh, a woman to go to big old lesbian woman. I'll fuck the order <laughs> up. Come on, dude. Go, go get him his hot dogs, bitch. Um <laughs> Anyway, I have since learned to love this season. It's so good. It's, it's so interesting resonant. because I came and into it's, this. It's like and really like self-contained. Thinking, like I thought like, for sure that you wouldn't be a fan of this uh, because, just like you said, it's it's a departure from yeah what we are usually getting. But yes, self self-contained. That's one of the things I, I, I've come to love about it. I first I didn't I because like one and three are kind of part one and part two of the same story. Part three really, uh, season three rather, really is the second half of season one in terms of the bar- the rise and fall of the Barksdale organization. Mm-hmm. Seasons four and five are the, uh, what's what's his, um, oh, um, Marlo, the Stansfield. Oh, yeah. uh, it's the rise and fall of the Stansfield operation. Yep, yep, yep. Um, season two kind of stands alone. It mostly, on, on the drug side, it mostly deals with Prop Joe. 
Um, it somewhat deals with Omar, somewhat deals with Avon and D'Angelo and the falling out from season one. But mostly deals with the port. So um, go ahead and kind of bring up your first talking point for just one second, okay? All right, no problem. Uh, so I guess, you know, I, I to Mark's point about how slow this thing gets started, it's season or uh, episode four. Episode four before the, it looks like <laughs> Daniels actually has the opportunity to put the team back together which is fun to watch that. Uh, One of the things that we mentioned before in season one was that a team coming together and actually working and sharing information in order to work towards a common goal. That is what we see here in this. We watch a team finally, the team that was together before get back together and to Mark's point where he was talking about how they finally start sharing information. We start making progress on the case, which is very similar to kind of what we were seeing in the first season. Those guys stuck in the office door, push one, pushing the desk and the other pushing the other side of the desk. And they were just stuck going nowhere until finally somebody shared some information that they needed to do. And that's kind of what we get in here. We finally start seeing this stuff and there it's, it's, a great procedural. When you say procedural, you do see a lot of procedure uh, that uh, the units, the law enforcement units use to get to their goal. Now, as to whether they use it right or they're successful every single time, you know, you could see the pitfalls sometimes. Uh, One of the things that I had written down here is one of my favorite moments is uh, Herc or Herc and Carver, at the very end of the season, this is just this Lose ties in with my communication. shit. <laughs> this ties in <laughs> with my communication, uh, you know, point about how like they're sitting there waiting for this the guy that they've been watching to show up at their house, and they've been sitting there for like a day, day and a half. I don't know for a while. Longer. And the guy I had think. already turned, and the <laughs> guy had already turned himself in, and nobody had said anything to them. <laughs> right. And it's but, so funny because like. And they just kick open the door and they're just like, we will destroy your house. And they're like, officer, my son turned himself in. And it's just like, you could see them turning into donkeys. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so bad. It's great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, How I mean, Frank, they tossed my house. They don't do that over a case of vodka. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Fucking um, Nikki's dad has some of the best lines in the, in this season. He's such a small character, but like the way he delivers some of those lines, like again, they tossed my house, Frank. Like, right, asshole. <laughs> so good. Sorry. Yeah. Go no, I mean, it, again, there's a lot of that where we get to see the team work together, and there's a lot of communication, and there's a lot of vendetta between uh, some of the members on the force. Like we said, Valchek and uh, his vendetta against <laughs> oh, oh, poor Frank Sabatka. And, and numbers is a big thing as well. That's the, mm-hmm. You see that 14, 14, 14. Somebody doesn't want these 14 homicides on their plate because they, if so, these homicides need to go from red to black. Well, they're if they not- don't. It's They're also not easily solvable. That, I mean, no. Rawls, Rawls and Jay talk about that, where their crime scene is the is the boat that the shipping container came on. 
Mm-hmm. And they hadn't. <laughs> what's the line? It's like we had international stevedores. We, we 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 had foreign nationals and in international water. We had no jurisdiction to hold that boat. And Rawls is like, you know, a major in law or colonel in law enforcement. And he's like, law schma, you should have held the boat. And Punk and Lester kind of look at each other like, with what law? Yeah, there's not much we could do. Right. And then, you know, then, of course, when they're talking to the stevedores on the boat, the foreign nationals, none of them will speak in English. And it's so funny because Lester has a great line about that. He's like, when we get off this boat, English will be spoken. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you them right, talking to the one African guy. My so two black guys making fun of an African might be my new favorite thing. Motherfucker. Oh my god! Oh, I was laughing at that. Kuta Kinte, you, you can't be fucking working in America and not know any English, dude. That's Bunk's line. He's calling him Kuta Kinte. Right, right. Oh, that's fucking shit. That's great. <laughs> so it's great. Funny. So, uh, I mean, let's talk, I guess let's talk a little bit about Nikki, you know, yes. uh, the docks. yeah, he is definitely, I would say you got Frank, uh, and then you got Nikki and uh, both of these are sharing equal time on throughout the season. Nikki, Nikki is being a, pretty much the symbol. link to the Greek. Well, Go ahead. Well, he's also, he, he acts as a symbol. He is the symbol of the modern American young man. This is 20 years ago, but he is yep. a symbol of the modern American young man um, with little guidance or, you know, or the, the assurance that the jobs of his father's um, of his father's time will be there for him. And he is now living in a present where that has not come to pass. And so he has a high school education and he's doing what he he's doing what he was taught. He's carrying on the family legacy of, you know, of working on the docks, except that there's no there's no work. Yeah. All of the promises made to him if he did X, Y, Z have been broken. And he in turn turns to crime because he does not know what else to do. He has a child to take care of and and a woman and he lives in his mom's basement. And he's like, I'm just trying to do what my father did. And the opportunities aren't there. And then there's easy money. You know, I'll start stealing off the docks, you know. And that so now we have to talk about Ziggy, Frank's son, his cousin, ye old horsecock. Um Jeez, you're not pulling your dick out again in here, Ziggy. <laughs> he most certainly is. Ziggy, get your dick off my computer. <laughs> Gosh, there were a lot of penises in this season, man. <laughs> the longest season, too. There was so much penis. <laughs> you know, it not only do you got Ziggy, but then, like, unfortunately, I mean, this is obviously realism, but they're showing the pictures of all the dead people mm-hmm. that the, the Greeks had. Uh, the Greeks had supposedly taken their heads off, but I mean, all you have is just l- l- naked body after naked body after naked body and schlong after schlong after schlong. And I'm like, okay. Did he have a head? Did he have hands? <laughs> then it wasn't us. Then it wasn't us. <laughs> it was yes, Hell Ziggy man. I mean, gosh, this kid really has some issues. You know what he reminds um, me? Of? He reminds me of like a young. Um, Jack Nicholson from As Good as It Gets, where he's like, Is this is this it? Is this just being a stevedore and I can't even be that? Is this all there is? And he mm. is 
desperately trying to make a name for himself. He is fight, trying to find his own way and be his own man. Oh, so man. Cameras. He he, cars, respect. He, respect is something yeah. that he felt. That is the thing that I is the driving factor for this kid. He gets none. Mm -hmm. And it's like he feels that he needs to get respect in some way. And of course, that I think is what his leads to his downfall. But go well, ahead. You and I, you and I, over the course of several years throughout various podcasts and television shows that we've talked about, have definitely entertained the idea that one bad day, you know, this is what I talked about with, with the movie Joker. When you're already mentally on thin ice and you know, it's I, I've often compared this sort of thing to like the book of Job. So, you know, the whole story of Job is Job has everything. He has this great farm. He has this great family. And, you know, and the devil says, eh, he would not he would not pray to you. He would not revere you, God, if you didn't bestow upon him such such riches. And so God systematically takes them all away. And, and Job still reveres God. The, the lesson being this is not about the stuff you get. This is about having the faith mm -hmm. and you know you have ziggy who not that he's job but in in the sense that here he is the sort of you know genial jovial sort of you know goofy character um and he's just pushed and pushed and pushed and he can't he's just sinking and sinking and finally he gets to a point where he's just He's drowning. He's, he's drowned. He's in the sand. There's nowhere for him to go. And he lashes out and he kills G. He kills the, the, yeah. you know, the, uh, the warehouse guy. I mean, you watch him fall so far mm -hmm. throughout this season, like when his run in with cheese and his poor yeah. Camaro princess getting burned. I think his princess is. Well, well, even start, it. Let's start before that. Like he can't even get frog to pay him. Right. Right. He gets, this guy. Oh, my gets, gosh. <laughs> my sorry that's another great line by the way frogs like i can't even do it because we're you know mixed company but you know frog <laughs> starts starts talking and he's like yo my this and you know and it's like i'm talking about you know and he's just he's all jive right right and, and then there's carver who's 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 doing the uh surveillance and he just looks at kima is like steven motherfuckers take everything <laughs> <laughs> so good oh. But yeah, yes. frog frog is working his package, and um, he's ripping him off because, and and this is the thing that I've always told my children. Your word and your your strength alone will not be enough. It is all about the muscle that you bring. Mm -hmm. And Ziggy had no muscle, like literally and figuratively, he had no right. muscle. He was a diminutive guy. <laughs> when it comes think to about, his frame, anyway. Think about. <laughs> Wallace and I can't remember the girl's name that were stealing from D'Angelo in the first season. Oh yeah. And when they got caught, the girl gets caught. Um, because it isn't Wallace. But um think about like how much fear there is. And all D'Angelo did was break a few eggs before mm -hmm. she just came clean was like, I'm sorry. You know, think about the way they talk in the pit about like if you steal, you get beat. Mm -hmm. And it is I think it's yeah, it's season one. It is season one where where Wallace's sister, I think it is, is doing homework and she can't figure out the math problem. So he rephrases it using drug lingo. Yeah. And, and he was like, how can you, why can't you do the book problem, but you can figure out the money? And she was like, 
Yeah. It's like you beat. fuck the money up. They, it's like you mess the money up, they fuck you up. Right. They will mess yeah, you, you up. Yeah, you get beaten. Um, now, you go, go over to here. Ziggy's not going to be frog up. Ziggy has no muscle. He can just he can just rob him blind. Right. You know? And so it starts there. It's like he can't get this like low-level, you know, <laughs> Steve and a Bonics drug dealer to work a prop to pay him right and work a proper package. Oh, but Nikki can, having also no muscle, but at least being associated enough with the Greeks to where they're like, okay. I, yeah. I don't want to know what muscle you have, so I'll just take your word for it. And like Nikki tells him off, he's like, I ain't one of your street wise wiggers. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> so good. Um, and so like Ziggy then does the cameras thing and they get paid for that. And you know, and Nikki's like, I'll I'll handle all the stealing from now on. You just get paid and shut the fuck up. And he's like, No, I want to be my own man. And he does the car thing. And the car, the cars end up with him getting ripped off by G, and that's when he shuts. And oh, no, by the way, in the middle of all this, he's in like a feud with Maui, who keeps like taunting him and teasing him, and like he convinces him that like he impregnated some local girl. Um, they have the they have the fight on the dock where Maui put you know ends up putting oh, him on yeah. top of one of the uh, one of the cans. <laughs> You've given me bad information. <laughs> oh my god, you gave me bad <laughs> advice. <laughs> I can't tell if it's bad writing, bad acting, or it was done on purpose. Oh, yeah. I don't know if uh, Ziggy's that much of written just that much of an idiot. I don't know. Yeah. But I, mean, I guess so, because like, how could the rest of this be so good? Right. <laughs> By the way, another classic, just as a comparison to Nikki, when they, they go to see Prop Joe about the car that she's burned, she's played by Method Man. And, he, and he's like, let me get this straight. Instead of paying me the money that is owed, I'm going to pay you for a burnt car. <laughs> and he looks uh, at Sergey. He's like, this motherfucker means something to you? <laughs> yeah. Sergey's just like... He's about to <laughs> put a bullet in his head, possibly. <laughs> you yeah. would be some cadaverous motherfuckers. <laughs> Good old prop Joe. Rest in peace. Oh, so, yeah, man. That's, that's fucking Ziggy, man. Ziggy, yeah, so Ziggy falls, and then he ends up, just like you said, having his one bad day. Gets his pistol out and fucks everything up. I mean, yeah, kind of. Because they were yeah, all, kind they, of? They, they, well, I'm just thinking about, like, when you say fucks everything up, they were already on to the Greek. The only, you know, and in, in, in the sense that what he fucked up was the investigation because they, there was, they'd clean the place out before the cops were, by the way, I'm, that, le that leads to my, one of the funniest things in the, in the season for me, take a drink every time I say that, but they, but you know, he, Jay, the Sergeant in homicide catches an easy murder. Jeez. Cause he just confesses and he oh, doesn't, yeah. even, and he doesn't, and it's, and it's, it's like, whatever his first name is, his real first name, Sabatka. And when Daniels figures out that Jay didn't call him and they lost their opportunity to raid the warehouse, <laughs> the line is, for a supremely fucked up department, this takes the prize. This, and yeah. you can see Jay turning into a donkey at that point. It's great. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, when I say 
Ziggy fucked everything up. He fucked everything up for himself and his family is what I'm talking about. Like he, Mm -hmm. the result of what happened now, granted the Greeks were kind of like, you know, well, that is an issue, but they were willing at the end of this whole charade was to possibly Mm -hmm. work with Frank in in order to, Hey, just be a little bit more loyal to us. And we'll make sure that your boy gets out of jail or at least doesn't have, uh, he's not going to be charged completely because the witness, they would lean on the witness that was there. uh, That was there. Find the confession. Yeah. Well, that's a problem. That's a bit (laughs) of an issue. And so, I mean, so at that point, Frank basically goes to meet with the Greek to discuss this. And then we, Mm -hmm. there's a whole, like, is it a mole in the FBI or not a mole, but like, so the Greek is some sort of value added target for the FBI in the Homeland security department. Okay. Right. He's some sort of asset. So whether he's like an informant of some kind or whatever, he's he's being protected by Homeland Security. So when Fitz is filing all of their paperwork about the case through the FBI service uh, uh, servers and you have the one Homeland Security. I mean, the FBI is part of Homeland Security, but for, for sake of argument, um, by the way, did you see did you figure out who that character was? Have you ever watched Oz? No, I've never watched Oz. Oh, yeah. He's in Oz, by the way. Okay. Play, right. uh, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember his character's name, but he's one of the old men from Oz. Hey, that reminds me. Luther Mahoney showed up as the morgue guy in this season. That was Luther Mahoney yes. from uh, from Homicide. But anyway, go ahead. So anyway, so once he realizes that his asset is under investigation, he starts he starts like tipping, um, you know, telling them what the what what's going on, so they can be prepared for it. So like. This is yet, you know, just like I think it's the first season where Daniel's like, on this case, we are never where we need to be at any given time. This is another situation where, like, they had it, but there was a leak and the leak came from Homeland Security. Yeah. So, okay, so that was all like orchestrated and and supposed to happen. Like Homeland Security was supposed to be telling this the Greek this or or is this somebody like acting of their own volition? to they i thought this really was like a friend of the greek or something i mean they never really say okay but, all right i, I just want to make sure i might have missed it or something so they no they never really so th- there's a whole conversation that happens between the homeland security fellow from oz and the greek at the at the museum the the art right. exhibit and right. he was just like you're being investigated my hands are tied there's nothing i can do to help you but you know you've been warned that's it that's all you get they talk about the crack seizure and and that's the thing like the greek had supplied information because a competitor was shipping crack through like paint containers or whatever it was yeah yeah and he tells him about it because he wants the uh he wants the colombians off the board so there so if nothing else there's his value okay all right so that makes a little bit more sense so every time they would do something just like you said every time fitz would put something into the uh, computer, it would flag and it, it would go to this guy who would then notify the Greek as to what's going on. Uh, and of course, that, like I said, uh, Frank Sabatka meets his end because the Greek gets a phone call uh, from this guy. It says, hey, we he's met with the police already. Right. And all because of Beatty, by the way. That, there's when a the lot of that. 
there's a lot manipulative of manipulative like, old Beatty. Well, Beatty was trying to save Frank, but she did. That's the thing, and and this is what the wire talks about. Um, you know, you talk about the corruption or the um, the falling apart of institutions. Here's you know, look at what happens so many times throughout season two. Homicide doesn't tell the detail about G's murder in their investigation and how one of their target sons is the murderer. It, for, as I talked about 40 minutes ago, for half of the season, they won't even fold the murders that are associated with the target into the detail. They're like they're fighting about it because politically it wouldn't work out right. Right, right. The FBI isn't being forthright with the Baltimore Police Department because their asset is the target. You have it's just a Venn diagram of institutions fucking each other. Everybody doesn't. Yeah, um, it's like on the surface. Yeah, we'll work with you. You've got all the resources that you need. Uh, but there's something going on underneath this. And every time mm. you get to a certain level, it, they're as much as they want to work together, they can't. There's a line they're later on against about, each other. There's a line later on about like them wanting to do some sort of surveillance. And Fitz goes. Have you not paid attention, Lieutenant? I'm the only FBI still standing in the right. room. He's the Everything. one that left. Or he's the one that's Every, only that's left. Yeah. Right. Everybody else is gone because they've already got the union. Yeah. Which is what they which is why they joined up with them in the first place. Like, like, let's not care about all the drugs and prostitutes being brought in from Europe and Asia, you know, in Asia. Let's just focus on busting up the union that, you know, stands up for workers' rights. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Not right. to be that guy, but you know. Well, I mean, that's what their goal was. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, switching from let's let's head back to Avon Barksdale, and we get to see the final moments of uh D. Mm-hmm. So we, we watch the him. look on Avon's face when Stringer's like, "Let's share, pro- let's share territory with Prop Joe, so that we can get in on his, you know, Greek given uh, heroin and cocaine." And the look on Barksdale's face, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Stringer and Avon, just two sides, two opposite sides of the same coin. Where Stringer's like, "I don't even care about drugs anymore." I just want to make money. How do we make how do we make that moisture happen? Mm. And Avon <laughs> and Avon's like, uh, I killed a lot of people for some square miles. I ain't mm. giving it up. And Stringer's like, I who cares? Like, let them let, let other people fight over this. Like, let's just be above it all and make money. And Avon's like, No, that's not how I operate. And it's season three where he's like, I guess I'm just a gangster. Yeah, you can just see. We'll talk about this next month, but you can kind of see Stringer just kind of fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, can't even with you. Throws the papers in the air. He's done. (laughs) Yep, he's done. Gosh, yeah, you see Stringer. He's uh, clearly have again one force working for somebody, but working against them. Um, and what initiative? No one told him to kill D'Angelo. Nobody. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Ava didn't approve that. Nope. No. Fuck all D'Angelo wanted to do was be left alone. All yeah. D'Angelo wanted to do was be left alone. And they wouldn't let him. Nope. You talk Avon. about modern you talk about modern slavery. 
he can't get out from under the weight of his own family. And his even when he's like, family. I, and even like, even when he says, I'll take the weight. I just don't want to be associated with you anymore. I want to be my own. Hey, kind of like Ziggy. I want to be my own man. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. We own you. And if you buck too much, we'll just kill you. Like, what yeah. a sad state of affairs this show points to for people. Seriously. Seriously. D's situation, you know, as much as he wanted left alone, it was like Avon felt this. <sighs> I mean, it, it, he looked at it as it's my family. I've got to try and take care of my family. But he, right. of course, he went about it in the wrong way. But, you know, at the at the end of all this, it, it, Stringer's like, okay, well, this guy's going to be a liability for right. all of us. And, uh, yeah, fakes gets him to fake the uh, gets him killed by faking <laughs> a suicide, pretty much. Yep. Um he hung himself. He said he sat his ass down and hung himself. <laughs> I love that. He uh, sat his ass down. So, yeah, and and Stringer's getting smart. He's obviously we brought in Brother Muzon. Is that his name, Brother Muzon from New <laughs> Brother York? Brother Muzon. Brother Muzon. And you know, Avon's that whole situation where Brother. I like that character, by the way. Oh yeah, he's, he's great. He faces off with the cheese, and he's just like <laughs> what you selling bean t- bean pies, my brother. <laughs> And this, like, and this is the infamous. Did you get my Harpers? Remember, did you get my Harpers? About that with, did you talk about that with the corner? Because that's the end. That's um, what's his nuts from the corner? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. DeAndre. That's right. That's right. It's a real life DeAndre. Wow, that's crazy. Every uh, week I give you the same shit, Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking do what, what I ask you to do. Dang- I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I can't help myself. It's the most dangerous thing in America, Jesse. Oh, what's that, Mark Radlish? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> it's a good line, though. It's it, so I mean, good. that's a really good line. Oh, Brother um, Bozone is the best. Yeah. I he want just... him and Omar to like make a run for the tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to see that bit of bonding between mm-hmm. those two after Omar shoots him. Yes. And uh, Stringer, you know, Stringer sets Man, them against you each other. To live. You yeah. line to live. And he's like, I've made peace with my God. And you could just see Omar turn into a donkey. Yeah, right. <laughs> then he's like, oh, okay. All right. And then he goes over and calls 911 for the mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Now, what I, I remember, you know, we're getting to the point where it's going to be Omar realizing what's going on in the Barksdale organization mm-hmm. with Stringer Bell and all this. And, uh, you know, it's setting that stuff up. It's not prevalent throughout this whole season. That's for sure. Right. But there's enough of it sprinkled in to make it interesting. Well, they spend, um, Omar's got a new boy and he teams up with the girls and they're ripping and running. And that's kind of most of the season. Yeah. They're trying to get Omar to testify. Where, where's yeah. Omar at? Bunk's wanting Omar Can in. We and talk about his testimony for just a moment. Cause that's one of the best scenes of the entire. That is the fuck scene of this, of season two. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Come on. The, um, the attorney, what's his name? Um, oh gosh. What is the attorney's name? I don't. I have no idea. Anyway, are the, you talking about? Are you talking about the the girl? No, the Barksdale's attorney. Oh, Barksdale's attorney. I I don't. I cannot remember who Levy. What his name is. Levy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Levy is trying to discredit Omar on the stand. So the prosecution goes through their their questioning, right? And he's like, "Who shot Gant? Bird did. How do you know? I saw it. How did you you know? 
but how'd you know it was Bert? And how'd you know it was that gun? I've seen the gun before. And he'll use the same gun for every murder. Which is a bullshit story, by the way. That is an utterly made up. And we dealt with that in season one already. He was just like, you need an eyeball witness? Fine, I saw him. <laughs> but he knew, like, he knew it was him. He was like, the whole Blessed Project saw it. <laughs> it's a great line. But he was like, but if you need someone to say they saw it in court, I will say it. I don't care. I just want them. I just want them all to suffer for what they did to Brandon, which is all the burning and stuff. Right, right. So he gets on the stand. Um, they go through. So he's like, what do you do? I, I, I rob drug dealers. For how long? As long as I can remember. Who shot Gant? Bird did. With what? That gun. Well, how do you know? Saw it before. Okay. Cross-examination. Now Levy's like, I have no way of disproving what he just said. He's I, the, all I can do is discredit. This is a this is a lawyer Try technique. To, yep. All I can do is discredit the witness. All I can do is make him seem like he's not trustworthy, and the jury will do its job in throwing out his entire testimony, and that's less evidence now to prosecute Bird. And so he says to him, he's like, "You're amoral," and then he starts going through this like really flowery speech, and Omar cuts him off. He's like. Uh, he's like, you are amoral. You are preying on the suffering of others. And Omar's like, and so are you. <laughs> and Levy's like, Bark. yeah. How, how dare you, sir? It's like, come on, man. He's you like, I know. got the truck and you got the briefcase, but we're both doing the same thing. Right. And, and Levy, because you're not supposed to attack a, an officer of the court, which is what the lawyers count as. Mm -hmm. And so Levy's looking at the judge, like looking at Judge Phelan like, you're going to step in here and do something? And Phelan's like, no, that seems, that seems inbounds. You seem, <laughs> you seem just shitty enough that that counts. Oh, man. <clears throat> and then Levy throws a tantrum and leaves after the yes. big bird. Yes, he does. Great. Well, okay. So I'll go through. I, I mean, I don't know what else you got left on the agenda here, but I've got a couple moments that uh, my, you, my you top three, maybe. You, you lead the dance, Daddy-O. I'm just... Uh, well, I'm just gushing at this point okay all right uh one of the moments that kind of stands out out of, out of this season is the bad luck for Bodie and the rest of his crew when they toss the guns off the bridge onto a ship <laughs> <laughs> uh you know this there was there's an incident in the season where there's a crossfire happening between the east and west side and the east side and west side have got to work together for these to get these drugs uh, dealt. But uh, if at the beginning when East is uh, showing up on the West side of things, there's a shootout and mm -hmm. unfortunately a young kid gets killed. So they decide they need to ditch these guns. Well, they go across the bridge, toss the guns out of the window and the guns la land on a ship. And of course they're found by the police. Um, I can't remember how they got out of that though. Like they couldn't find, Oh, that's right. They didn't know. They were trying to say that he Bodie owned one of the or was using one of those guns and he's like well which one which one was it and they're like this one he's like lawyer lawyer <laughs> immediately <laughs> uh so anyway uh, uh the other note that i have here uh one of the brighter spots of this season is callie thorne we'll just leave it at that because Callie Thorne is definitely in episode five. And when I say definitely in episode five, Callie Thorne with three exclamation marks on my notes means something. Trust you me. Uh, and I think that's just about it. I mean, there's, there's some really good moments that 
last with me, especially Ziggy just flipping out, taking the gun and shooting and then going to his car and just crying because he Mm. knows at that point he's done. It's not like he tries to get away after he flips out. He just, you know, breaks down the moments between and the we get to see this in one of the episodes where uh daniels and kima have to go explain to their significant others that they're going to be back you tell my wife i'll tell yours (laughs) yeah they have to they have to explain to their significant others that they're going back into the work the line of work that obviously their wives uh do not want them to be in so for kima just briefly, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're, we're getting near an hour, but Kima's like wife, living girlfriend is such an asshole. Oh. You know, and it's one of these things where like the scene, so upon rewatches, I usually skip a lot of this stuff, but I, I watched a little bit of it this time. The scene where Kima That's comes good. home and it's really late at night and her girlfriend is like all over her. Like she just wants to watch TV and relax. It's like, feel the baby kicking. It's like, ugh. Now, wait a second. Kima comes home and she is like completely disinterested. And I felt more for her girlfriend or oh, wife fuck or whatever. That noise. No, I felt way more. Did you miss the part where Kima felt like she didn't have a say in having, in having that child? I'm still saying why is she still there then? Why is she still there? Why, why are we she- in it? Why are we in any of our relationships, Jesse? Oh, boy. I do not want to go down that road, Mark Radlich. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, it's not always easy to unravel your relationships, sir. Indeed. Indeed. And sometimes you think you can hand, you say yes to something when you don't feel like you have a voice you don't feel like you you don't feel like you can raise an objection and you're just kind of being run over but it's okay so you're you're talking about that specific moment when she comes home mm-hmm. and she's completely cold and indifferent to her significant other or fucking that, tired that happens again mm-hmm. in uh the babies are us yeah and, and see that one i'm more sympathetic to to the girlfriend yeah, they're going around, and she's just like, uh, whatever. You know, the baby, as, what is it? The baby can't hold his bottle. We got problems, <laughs> right? Yikes. Like, I think finally her girlfriend talks her, uh, talks some sense into this her. baby like, is Look, coming, and if you're not right. prepared to deal, then get the fuck out. Right, right. But not always that easy. No, it's not. Yeah, and I, I interrupted you there because I felt I felt sorry for her. But what you wanted to talk a little bit about that? Do you just feel that you know? It, what, did you get your say out there? Did Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Kima's situation? So Kima gets shot in season one, and so she's a house cat in season two. She's doing asset forfeitures, and then but then she's brought into the detail, which brings up the line, "You tell my wife, I'll tell yours." And there's this, there's this talk of like. I don't want you to do this, but this is what I love. And they are drifting apart. And a baby does not keep you together. I just want no, to go ahead no, and say that. No, no, and I think not. there was a there was a thought that like if Kima would just get on board with this baby, we'll be all right. We can overlook the cop thing. And Kima's like, this is not me. This is not who I am. And I think it's season three where she tells her, like, I you were talking, I was just listening. 
you know, and there's this tacit recognition that she didn't want. The, I mean, eventually she'll come around, but she did not want this child. You know, that she was. There's a common thread, I think, throughout the wire about being in love with the job. Yeah. You know, Daniels, you took the words right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to say there's she has this love for the job mm -hmm. and she is the impression I got was that she was mm -hmm. resentful that her girlfriend did not want her to continue to do what she loved. Well, gee whiz. Who doesn't gee get whiz. resentful? <laughs> gee whiz. <laughs> who doesn't get resentful of someone when they try to take away a big part of who you are? Right. You know, years and years and years ago, before I got into correctional mental health, I, I did other stuff. And there was an opportunity to get into correctional mental health at the time, but I just started dating Melissa. And Melissa was like, I can't imagine the thought of you working in a correctional institution. What if you get hurt? I couldn't live with myself. Please don't do that. Yeah. A couple of years later, in a miserable job, she changed her tune because she knew this was something I really, really wanted. And I've been in correctional mental health for 10 years now, mm -hmm. over two jails. Yes, you will get resentful when a big part of who you are is being taken from you and you don't feel like you have any say in the matter. You know? What does that come back to? That comes back to communication again, yeah. the, the wire, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, this is two people who should be sitting down and talking about their, their feelings for each other instead of, as you said, mm -hmm. you just talking and me just listening. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good piece of writing. It's uh, she's a good character because you get to see a lot of, you know, what she goes through. She loved being out there in the field and being domesticated house cats, mm -hmm. you know, as being stuck behind a desk and doing what she was doing. She, you could tell it. She hated it. She hated it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, you know, if they would, if those two just would have talked, yeah, yeah maybe they could, uh, I don't know how much they've out. been, I don't know how much would have been resolved. We'll have to wait till season three of the one. Sure. sure. <laughs> All right. Anything else on your list? I don't think so, man. I mean, okay. Big moment. Maybe it's top three for me out of the season. Mm -hmm. Prez punching Valchek in the <laughs> fucking face. Move, shit bird. <laughs> Bam. The I mean, part of me, the, me and Mindy sorry, are like, no, oh, the, the best part, yeah, Daniels' face is fucking priceless. But the best part of that is when Daniels and Valchek are sort of are processing the whole detail. You know, it's over. Sabatka, I think Sabatka by this point had been killed. Um, but th they got everybody. They got everybody. Yeah. The Greek and Vaughn just get away. They got everybody else. They solve the murders. This is a win all around. And they're just like, okay, what next? And so, you know... Daniel says the right thing to Valchek. Your instincts were right on this one. You gave us a really good case. You you saw something that everyone else over. So again, the great thing about the wire is that nothing is ever 100%. Nothing is ever totally white or black. It's all gray. And so yes, Valchek is a petty shitty person who had a vendetta against Frank, but he also nailed him dead to rights. You have too much money that you shouldn't have. You don't have enough money for the stained window. Where are you getting it from? Why, why do you have all this money? There, there's a case here. I know it. I smell a rat. <clears throat> came from a shitty place <clears throat> it's water from a poison well still water still, i guess you put out a fire with it i wouldn't drink it but you can definitely throw a, you can definitely dump it over your head if you're if you're overheating or you know throw it on a fire 
Um, and so they have, so Falchuk has that kind of moment of, I'm, I'm a good boy. You know, I did good. My instincts were right. And then Daniel's like, you're going to do, you're going to do your son-in-law. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Valchak's lied to that. It's like, I told her not to marry that brain dead fuck. <laughs> Spoken like a true father of a, of a, of a woman. Um, father of the bride. And then Daniel's sort of tiptoeing around, but sort of like, okay, you sure you want to, you sure you want to charge him? You sure? Because I can get my people to do whatever. But those FBI's, they're going to write it the way they saw it. And they saw you referring to his supporters as a shitbird. And he is like, fuck you. (laughs) This is not the Roland Park Tea Party. Dude, I die every time he says that line. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And then Uh, he's like, he writes an apology letter and does night shift for two months. Then he can come work in your useless unit. Good day, sir. <laughs> and Daniels is like, that's a win. <laughs> and like runs yep. out of there. <laughs> Gets on out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, we really didn't talk a whole lot about McNulty. I mean, he does again, he's obviously the central part. He's your he's your main character that we've been following. Uh as far as character development for McNulty throughout the season, we watch him ride the boat. We watch him get back onto the detail, work with the rest of the team, which oh, is great. That's the whole thing about like he spends half the season trying to reunite with the uh, the ever hot Callie Thorne, only for him to like fuck him on a folding chair and then tell him to piss wind. Right. She's like, I don't think it's a good idea. You should be here. Oh man. Yeah, it's rough. You, you know, his In relationship. Of the immortal Chuck Ninesling, bitches be whores. <laughs> uh, yo, Chuck, where are where you? Where are you? <laughs> Shout out to you, guy. Uh, I know Chuck in passing, just from like watching other stuff happen <laughs> on Facebook. That's all. <laughs> My homeboy Chuck. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna give him a but shout yeah, out tonight. I mean- Good old uh, McNulty. I mean, he has a little bit of uh, character development here. You watch him, you watch him get drunk. He gets one over on Rawls. Everybody's celebrating him, and then the next day, everybody's pissed at him because he's. They all got the murders they have to deal with now. Uh, yep. But I mean, what what happens at the end of this? If I, I, I think McNulty is like back on the boat, right? Is he is he no, back no, on the no. boat? He's, he's in the uh, major case squad. So he's he's still he part he- of that. Him and Kima are running down the connection between oh. Stringer and Prop Joe. That's right, because he walks. End. I remember he he walks off of the boat, and the guy the, the guy that his partner that was on the boat's kind of shaking. Remember, his head, like Rolf's the deal with Daniels and Rawls was, you take the murders, I get what I want, no questions asked. And Rawls, because Rawls is Rawls, has that really funny line. It's like when I said I'd give you whatever you wanted, like you touch my titties, you know. <laughs> Oh, 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 this little that. Not, not the whole damn thing. And Daniels, in one of those rare moments where he really gets like fucking like hot with Rawls, but still. He knows. Yeah, he tries to keep it professional. Like, he knows where he's what at. What I want, I get. And Rawls is like, what? Like, you you know he wanted to say something racist. Like, oh. he, like he was so like. He was pissed in that moment, and Daniel's like, "You want these murders solved, or don't you?" And Rawls is like, "Who I do? Which one do I hate more? Damn, <laughs> open murders yeah. or McNulty? <laughs> a choice." <laughs> <laughs> and 
McNulty uh, gets off the boat, and then immediately they put him in the prostitution sting. That's right. Which, okay. Which is so funny because that that whole like fallout where he's like with the oh. two women, and they're oh. like, "How am I supposed to write this?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Motherfucker, you done violated all the rules." Oh, and Deidre, uh, oh, Deidre the attorney, Deidre Lovejoy, is like <laughs> looking over his shoulder, reading what he's writing, and just shaking her head. Like, like I oh, can't perjure myself. Fuck. <laughs> You fucking kidding me? Oh wow! Yeah, but he—that's his whole thing this season. Like McNulty, like they kind of diminish. McNulty has a big comeback in season three, but season four is nothing. He's back to being a diminished character, and then season five, he's a psychopath. Um, so like this season, he's like just kind of a troublemaker, and he spends a lot of it chasing Elena, only to be, you know, turned away because she's terrible. She's hot, but she's terrible. Um. Which do you think? Callie Thorne in The Wire or Callie Thorne in Rescue Me? Which is worse? <laughs> oh, you know, I have, I've watched like one season of Rescue Me. I would need to watch more. Oh my God, oh my that show. We, I got yeah. through it finally, all the, every season, but. And there are like nine seasons or something? Some shit like that. It's yeah. up there. That, that is a show where you're just like, just when you think it can't get any worse, like, just when you think it can't get any worse, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> this wow. is so good. These, these, none of these people I want to see succeed. Yikes. This is one where by the end of it, you hate the children, too. Like, you're all terrible. Seven um, seasons. Seven yeah. seasons. Anyway, um, let's wrap because I think uh, I think we got it here. Just I want to say this at the at the end of the season. The uh, the, the season finale montage. This one breaks my heart. Like. Season one. At the end, they. You know, like I said last month, you know, nothing stops drugs and whores. And it's just like the, the, the big thematic line. What the fuck did I do? Yeah. You know, yeah. all of this and the train keeps rolling. Right. Um, but the, but the montage never bothered me. It was like it was a nice little summation of things. OK, this is cool. Season three. Never bothered me. Season four. I love the song. Walk on Gilded Splinters. It's a great song. But it's like to be continued. Like who, you know, they, that's when they find all the bodies in the row houses. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, well, we'll see what happens in season five. Season five breaks my heart. But season two, the that forlorn look that Nikki gives the docs of just like, what was it all for? Right. What what we what were we fighting for? Why'd we do all this? Ruined <clears throat> his whole family ruined not just his whole family look at johnny union yeah the the union's gone johnny 50s like in the street drunk you know it's just like the whole everything just falls apart and it all had so much promise and that's that's the thing that i think um that's what makes season two i think one of my favorite seasons is that what a tragedy yeah yeah it's more so than i think more so than i think Season three, where the Barksdale organization utterly crumbles. I just, you know, if they had ended the wire with season three, I'd have been satisfied. But it, yeah. but it didn't have the emotional toll, the emotional resonance that season two has to where, wow, this dealt with not bad people. This dealt with your, your fathers and your uncles, and your neighbors, and just the collapse of middle america 
like how do you how does that not resonate with most people right and that montage really speaks to that and that's why i say it breaks my heart and i'll give you the final word on this we'll get out of here yeah yeah man i agree with you 100 uh, it, it is definitely a tragic season you watch frank savaka who has good in his heart um uh, he's going about things the wrong way and that could apply to a lot of people doing a lot of dirty things uh but yeah. at the end it ends up with him being dead you know it ends up with him mm-hmm. him being dead the Valcheck that says you lay down with snakes, you get your throat cut or some shit. Right. Man, Valcheck was addicted to this guy. Perp walks him after calling the media. Like that was some shit, dude. Um, but yeah, it it's it's it is heartbreaking to to watch what happens to that whole family, mm-hmm. to the whole business, and to understand that this is you know what season one did was make drug dealers in the pit. Uh, you know, re- relatable in some way. They they were yeah. able to make you go, okay, I can identify with these people. And <laughs> these are just regular people that are trying to do something to get ahead in life. And unfortunately, they right. are, have a, a lot of things facing them that are is not letting them get there. So turning to drugs is the way to do it. Same thing's happening over here on the docks, folks. It's just done a different way. Good middle-class educated guys and they can't get ahead in life. And so right. feeling like they have no other options they turn to crime. It's solid it's season. Yeah. It's solid, solid season. I had a good time, man. And you know, I, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Second time I watched it. I was telling Mindy tonight, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go do a podcast on season two. And she's like, I really do enjoy watching the wire. So she's, she's a fan too, Mark Radlich. Yay. Yay. Right. Tomorrow. Things I'm not a fan of the new Pinocchio movie. It sucks. <laughs> but if you want to, <laughs> but if you want to hear a more in-depth discussion, you want to hear Robert and Alexis have an in-depth discussion and me just hoping we stop talking about it soon. Uh, tune in tomorrow to Damn You Hollywood as we discuss Pinocchio 2022, the live action remake with Tom Hanks doing Mumblepeg. Um, <laughs> last week, we uh, reviewed the new Megadeth album and we reviewed Upload season two. And it was Alexis taking over the uh, the reins as host of TV party tonight, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do some TV parties. Uh, if I have the time and the inclination and I will this week, uh, Pat Mullen could not be denied. He said, when are we doing Cobra Kai season five? And I'm like, when you want to baby. And he said, uh, this Thursday at noon. So that's what we're going to do. So Cobra Kai season five, Jesse, have you watched it yet? No, we have, trust me when it dropped last year, I was ready to watch it. Had it done within two days this year. I made the mistake of inviting my daughter to watch all the seasons last year. So now we got to wait for her and her busy schedule. So (laughs) I haven't watched a single freaking episode yet. Well, I watched it. Wait till you get to the season five finale. Yeesh. Oh, oh man. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Get ready for Freddy. Um, (laughs) And Abel for Mabel. uh, As far as some canned ham, we've got a re-release of our Deadpool review from a year from a few years ago and then uh, Monday a week from tonight we'll review the new Clutch album and then Jesse David and possibly Andrew and I will be talking the Orville season three which I have to get started watching on Same. so um, <laughs> and then we close out the month of September with a damn you Hollywood for Rob Zombie's The Munsters which comes out PVOD and on Netflix on the 27th and then uh, myself and David will be talking Star Trek Strange New Worlds 
on Thursday, the 29th. So that's all we've got going on in September. Mm. Jesse, show them what you got. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the source material comics feed right here on the W2M network. Last episode that dropped was me, Dairy Weight, and Dean Compton talking cable, blood, and metal. That was the one episode where I got to say, hey, I asked Rob Liefeld this question just to double check myself. And Rob Liefeld, Rob Liefeld responded. It was amazing. Tomorrow, the source you material away comics. You Jamal to me? What's that? Did you say get away from me, kid? You bother me? <laughs> no, this guy's—he's he, really active on Twitter. Thank goodness mm-hmm. he didn't tell me to fuck off. So I'm—I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> you can um, all fuck off today. Oh, uh, Rob's—he's an excitable guy. So tomorrow on the Source Material Comics podcast, you can hear me and Mark Radlich talking the new lieutenants of metal. That's right. We are. It, what a strange book. What a strange trip it was. Uh, we, we jumped into some Steven universe style looking art and talked about some crazy guys. It is a crazy story. Most definitely you want to turn in, uh, tune into the episode to hear me and Mark talk about the playlist and all the fun tracks that they were suggesting you listen to while you read the book. Hey, Jesse. Um, yeah. There's a new, there's a new, uh, TikTok of my dad. Oh goodness, is he upset about DeSantis? Welcome to Florida. No, no, he talked about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Please. I, I was I directed Tell him me. on this one. I oh, directed him. You? I did. I said, I'm gonna need you to bang a shoe like Khrushchev. He was like, I don't want to bang a shoe. Please. Like, no, no, I, I have these videos have to be different every time. We have to do a different gimmick. So I have my kids sitting on either side of him. Like on their devices, and whenever he okay. bangs you, they look up in fright. Oh my gosh, I've got to find this and watch it. It's it's out I, there. I, it's, it's in the chat. I put oh, the link in the chat. It fantastic. is up on my. It is currently up on my TikTok. That is great. Right on the old TikTok. Yep. Well, I think that's about it for me, man. I don't have much else. We're probably going to be recording a bunch of stuff here. Unity's going to be dropping. My goodness, I put so much hey, uh, work came into in the Unity. Guess what came Tell in the mail. Me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. World War Three. How big is that thing? Let me see. Let me see the thickness. Let me see the girth. Oh, they ain't that bad. Okay. All right. That's what I can she handle said. that. That's what she said. <laughs> that's, that's what I said. This uh, is a four issue limit that you and I are going to be talking. And it's going to come out. That's we're, right. We're, we're, we're going to talk about this from the pages of the new 52. That um, is a big. That is a. I thought that was a larger crossover event than that. But. I'm perfectly fine with four issues. That's going to be good. The stuff. the World War Three story that I want to talk about with Black Adam for the Black Adam movie, <clears throat> I believe it's only four issues long. I like it. So, hey, be ready. By the way, you're going. Your name's going to be brought up a lot when me and Evan talk the sensational She Hulk because we why? are. We have decided. Why you got to? Why you got to put my name in your mouth? Why? <laughs> You know how you remember the the picture I shared of, of the critic, the the offshoot of the Watchers. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I put that on my that TikTok. By the way, we are not calling him the critic. You, are, it is going to be called Mark the whole episode. So we'll be like when Mark shows <laughs> up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you so yes, you have uh, you have a character that will be discussed in Sensational She Hulk. We talk about that, but that's it, man. Hey, hey, plug your TikTok. 
Oh, well, hey, yeah, if you want to check out the TikTok, I think it's Source Material Comics Pods. Uh, I haven't done anything on it here within a week just because I've got one little I've got one little thing that uh, I'm using to promote myself and Mark's show. Uh, so you can go check that out. It's just a little minute clip of me and Mark talking about how grunge is dead. I was upset about it. He was perfectly fine with it. I don't know what the hell his problem is, but metal killed grunge and I didn't like it. But yeah, check out the TikTok. You like TikTok? Go check it out. I'm, I'm throwing stuff up on there for source material. All right, folks, this is it. Um, we are finished with our current trip from the corner to the deuce for the time being. Next month, season three. What are we gonna do with this mess between Prop Joe and Avon Barksdale? And it's gonna be a time. And mm -hmm. will Brother Mozone be back? Will he tag team oh, with Omar? Will he deliver Stringer the Doomsday Device? The Doomsday <laughs> Device is happening. <laughs> we'll find out next week or next month on TV Party Tonight from the corner to the deuce. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Juicy J. I'm Mocky Mock, not with the Funky Bunch. I've sent the Funky Bunch packing. Bunch packing. Be well, be Whoa. safe. <laughs> Pimping ain't easy. Uh, be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>